Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we snap on our power-up bands and head to Super Nintendo World. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Super excited to talk about Super Nintendo World, and super excited that we have a special guest with us to do it. We are joined by our good friend from Same Day Shipping, podcaster Ryan Mogi is here. Hi, guys. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, being willing to do this. Absolutely. I had so much fun, and I'm so so excited to talk about it. Before, we have a little bit of business up little, top before we get into Super business. Nintendo World. But, but, Ryan, I have to ask you. I have to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, because on t- in Tuesday's episode, Patrick asked me if I had heard of a band from the 90s, and I never heard of it. And it oh, caused, you're you're going to eat so much little, crow here. So much crow here, caused Mark. Caused a little kerfuffle, a little mm-hmm. consternation, oh I would the even pressure. say. Are you familiar with the 90s? I was not. The, ni- the band from the 90s live? <laughs> Absolutely. Really? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I want to sing, but I'm like, I, it's too much. I don't think. I'll, I'll back you up. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning crashes and old mother cries. Patrick was, uh, I, I, yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, so Mark Mark was like, I don't know I don't know what you're talking about. I sang a little bit of I Alone at him. Oh, that's a great one. A little bit of Dolphins Cry. Great. And stared at me blankly so hard that I backed down. <laughs> <laughs> he intimidated me into, like, not singing a live song. I'm glad you backed me up. Thank you. <laughs> um, you could be having those kinds of conversations uh, about Mark not recognizing the band live in our Discord, uh, where people are always having good conversations about Nintendo stuff and occasionally uh, about embarrassing things that happen on this show. <laughs> Uh, so if you would like to be in our Discord, uh, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, for an invitation, or you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and we will send you an invitation. We also have a, dis- uh, a, a Discord. That's what I just plugged. We also have a Patreon now if you would like to support us uh, with monies. Um, and uh, if you do that, you can have access to a cool show that we're doing called NCS Detective Club, uh, where we are watching classic TV, uh, classic detective TV shows and talking about them. This Friday, a new episode comes out where we are talking about Diagnosis Murder, um, which uh, Mark was just saying is like his new favorite show or something. Yeah, pretty much. Word for word. <laughs> You can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. We have a bunch of other rewards in there as well. Uh, but for right now, we have got to talk about Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood. Okay. Um, so we went this weekend together. The three of us, Sarah came too. And we went all... We, we did like... We went in, I think, as well prepared to do this as possible, right? Um, we, we got the ticket. First of all, the park sold out that day. Um, and I think it has been selling out just sort of like generally, right? Um, but we got, we got tickets a couple weeks in advance, uh, bought the early entry to the park, 
which as far as I'm concerned is like a must at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, got power-up bands in advance. So like as much like prep work as we could do. Sarah was also like reading about some of the attractions and like how to, how to game it. But I was kind of like, did you guys do any like prep work before before we went in? I watched a lot of TikTok videos. Okay. Um, but it was the tag is a little muddled with Japan stuff. Totally. So I was getting mixed information. So yeah. I wouldn't say I was well informed, mm. but I was totally pumped. Yeah, I was I was more tuned into like when the uh it opened in Osaka. Yes. And so like, you know, I've watched ride throughs of the Yoshi ride that Hollywood didn't get. The meet and greet with Chunky Toad that Hollywood didn't get. Right. Um, but the Hollywood version, uh, I other than like syncing my power up band to the Universal app before we would went, I, I would say I didn't do a ton of research. Um, should we talk about the power up bands and the like app and like how all of that sort of like integrates into what the park has to offer? Because like I think there's. Um, I, I don't I don't know if there's like a a fiction being pushed or like a narrative being pushed that like you can experience the park without the the power up band. You can like see it and do some of the stuff, but I don't really know like what I, it feels so limiting to not have a power up band, right? Well, I think it just simplifies it to one attraction, one ride. That it's just the Mario that's, Kart yeah, thing. Yeah, there's Mario Kart, and that's all. That's all you can do. Well, I feel so. What the power up band does is it's like a a bracelet it's like wearing an amiibo on your wrist essentially yeah and throughout the land there are little like m like mario icons that you can interact with and so sometimes you know they just play a little video on the side of the wall other times they're like uh when you're on the mario kart ride before it starts you can you like put your power up band next to the center of your steering wheel so it'll track your score basically just like tracks your activities Throughout the land, when you stand in line for a meet and greet, they'll scan your power up band. Right, so you, you get can like, earn coins. You and get stamps coins, and like stuff. yeah, stamps and things like that. And then within the land itself, there are four little challenges. There's kind of like an overarching story with uh, Bowser Jr., where Bowser Jr. has stolen the golden mushroom, hmm. and in order to that's not his golden mushroom. No, no. he's taken it. <laughs> Who does it belong to? It belongs to Princess Peach. I, I think it belongs to the people. <laughs> To the little toadstools. (laughs) So the golden mushroom of the people is missing. Mm -hmm. And uh, within the land, there are four different activities that you can do. And if you do them with a power-up band, once you've done three of the activities... Successfully. Successfully. There's this special activity where you, like, confront Bowser Jr. and try to get the golden mushroom back. So I feel like um, that... For like the power up band, I would say a hundred percent enhanced my experience, but I feel like the thing that you're you would be missing out on is like the Bowser Jr. encounter, which was awesome. It was fun. It totally was fun. But yeah. like otherwise, I don't. There's not really. I think you can experience the land without the power up band. Yeah, but your enjoyment of it, I think, is going to be enhanced by having it. It's just like a weird thing. It's the one part of this whole thing that I'm like, I don't really know that I... I had a bunch of fun with it, mm-hmm. but 40 bucks, that adds up fast. 40 like, bucks does yeah. add up fast, but it, it... I mean, it added up to 160 bucks for the, for the four <laughs> of us. But, uh, like, the thing that I appreciate about the power-up band is, like, the next time I go to Universal, which 
probably won't be this year, you know, but like if I go next year, I go in two years, I go in five years, whatever, like that same power up band will still work, right? Like there's, uh, you don't need to buy a new one. And also like, if I know someone who's going, uh, like they can borrow my power up band. Like that doesn't right? like, it, right. It, 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 there's no way to like mess up your stats. Um, it does keep like a running total of how many coins you have collected like lifetime and like the stamps that you've earned lifetime. But like, there's, there's no, like no one can like take it and like do poorly at the game. to like make you look bad. Right. Right. In fact, they seem to give away stamps when you don't necessarily do well at things as well. That's true. Sometimes, yes. You get stamps for being bad. Yeah. For yeah. losing Mario Kart, I believe I got a stamp. Yeah. If if <laughs> your first time you don't win, yeah. you get a stamp in Mario Kart. I I feel like the power-up band is a $40 fee to experience the park. See, I, th- I feel that way, too. It feels less uh, optional to me than like a, a Harry Potter wand or a um like using the data pad stuff at uh, Galaxy's Edge mm-hmm. in uh, uh Disneyland that like I don't I, the 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 little game experiences where you earn the keys um are slight enough that I don't think it would be fun if I didn't feel like I was earning the key from it you know well, what I, I mean I don't think you could do, like the You could do it you could you could oh yeah how how would you trigger it I mean, maybe you can, maybe it's, we don't actually know how it's triggered, I guess. Well, but you have to like scan in to start it. Yeah, you have to scan in to start it. So you don't get to do any of the key things. But do you think that the, um, the like person who's facilitating it on their like iPad or iPhone or whatever. That they could trigger it for you? That they could just trigger it for you? Maybe. I mean, they would have to speak to you, which isn't always something that these uh, yeah. the game managers are prepared to do. For yeah. how pumped and excited the employees were to interact with the guests. Uh, but that, that that is a good question. I, I I don't know if like there there is a way to activate those games because the 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 way that we started up all of them was by one of us scanning our our power up band to to like trigger the the game starting. Yeah. Power up bands. Uh, what Sarah and I went uh, the week before to uh, City Walk. To there's like a, a little Super Nintendo Land store at City Walk where we were able to um, buy the the power up bands. And I got a Mario backpack while I was there, so I could Very wear nice it to the park. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, they're also available. You know, obviously in the uh, uh, the world itself. Um, in the are they in the uh, the One Up Factory, or it, are they? It looked like they were, but they also have a lot of just like power band vending machines around yeah. that you can use to access them pretty quickly. Well, and like the the fact that they're available at vending machines like kind of speaks to another thing that we noticed when we were walking around the the world that there aren't that many like vendors that are just mm-hmm. like apparent. Like it doesn't for as much as like the rest of the park is sort of positioned to sell stuff to you. Super Nintendo World doesn't seem like it was. There just, like, weren't vendor carts everywhere, right? No. Yeah. Um, there's not space for them, though. Right, that's, that's true. The thing. What it's a great like, point. Super Nintendo World is is not that big. And so we did the um, uh, er, we did the early entry, like Patrick said, mm-hmm. which is an additional, I think it's between, like, $20 and $25. Yeah, it was 25 for uh, a Sunday. Yeah, yeah and so uh, you get in two Super Nintendo World specifically, like, one hour before park opening. And that for- and we were actually there. Sorry to, to interrupt, but we actually were able to get in even before an hour before. Yeah, yeah, they were letting people in by the time we got there, at like six forty-five or something. Yeah. And uh, for us, that was like golden because mm-hmm. right now 
um Super Nintendo World is super popular. Yes. And but we were able to go in, we were able to do a handful of the activities of the, like getting those keys without much of a wait. We were able to ride the Mario Kart ride like twice, basically essentially just walking onto it. Yeah. When later in the day, you know, the line would get up to like 150 minutes. And so in the morning, the experience That's 150 minutes. That's not an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. That's two and a half hours. So the experience in the morning was so different from yeah. like later in the day when it was when there were so many people in it. Because when it gets really busy, you realize uh just how small mm-hmm. Super Nintendo World is. It's not that big. It it's, is not very big at all. It's it's not very big, and it's also like uh it's very open, right? Like there's there's a like a, a little like thing in the center uh, like a, a where uh, the Mario and Luigi meet and greet happens, but other than that, like all of the attractions are kind of along an outside wall. So like your like line of sight is not really interrupted by anything. So when there's a crowd of people in there, you just see a crowd of people, mm-hmm. um, and so like yeah, you're just like constantly aware of like how small the space is and how many people are in it yeah especially because like there's no place for people to queue and so there's yeah, just the line, all of these yeah. like snaking lines just everywhere anyway so it was yeah uh it was absolutely worth it to go early in the morning but i also feel like that affected our experience because we were able to do so much more stuff i mm-hmm. think than yeah. if we had gone later in the day yeah well and i it kind of goes along with not to blame the cast members for this, but like the vibe of the cast members was hit and miss. The vibe in the lines was not super chipper. It was no. not a bunch yeah. of really happy people in these lines. No, And so we were happy and we were having fun, but it was like the vibe of the line was a lot of like, what is this line even for? Yes. What do you do with here? I don't understand. Well, How and, long is yes. this line? Yes. When we came out of the uh, Toadstool Cafe, which I know we'll get into more, but <laughs> when we came out of the Toadstool Cafe, someone was like, better tell me the food was good. It was like... Just... You're at a theme park. How good do you think the food's going to be? <laughs> Honestly, better than... That's true. Typical <laughs> of theme park food. Um, but it was just... So I, I feel like the the time we had in the morning when there were no lines yeah that's how i'm going to remember this experience. yeah yeah like that was golden um yeah, yeah I, vibes I, went down from there vibes went down from there and i think it would be hard to i think it would be hard to enjoy like if you walked in at 11 mm-hmm. i think it would be hard to enjoy the park yeah um you know we uh, like mark said we were in we were in the park we we're probably on mario kart at like seven or six fifty five, right <laughs> um and, you know, that was still an hour and five minutes before opening. Um, and, like, that's that's just when we were able to actually access stuff. And it, it meant that, you know, we hit our sort of, like, midday lull at, like, 10, <laughs> <laughs> which is when we stopped for lunch. Um, but, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. For, for, for my money, it's, I, I think the power-up band and the early entry are, like, necessities. I don't know how to experience the park without it. Yeah, and it makes me feel sad because... That's an extra $65 right there. Per person. Per so person, So if you yeah. have got a family, if you've got a bunch of kids, like, I, I, it was great. I'm so glad I went. It was so great. But I, it's a lot to ask to for everyone to have a power-up band and yeah. pay this fee to come in early to have a good experience. But it was a good experience. Yeah, but I mean, it was say, a good experience. So, like, what, uh, Ryan, what overall was were your impressions? I loved it. I think... Um, it, and I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a theme park connoisseur, but I've, I've done the rounds. 
at the theme parks. Uh-huh. Um, and I've been into this gamification element mm-hmm. um, that we've seen a little at um, Hogwarts with the with the wands and that Galaxy's Edge has with the data pads as mentioned. So I was I love I like it and I'm excited to see this next evolution and I think this is the next evolution. Yeah, I agree with the, that. And it makes so much sense cuz Mario already gaming is part of the like it's all built in. Yeah. But the fact that you walk up to and punch bricks to get coins is so cool. Yeah. The fact that there's little activities that you win or lose and get your little keys and those keys add up to a thing. I mean, really my favorite thing was Bowser Jr.'s challenge. What was it called? Bowser, shadow Showdown. The Shadow Showdown, where you actually are punching little bombs to knock them away. You're ducking under the bullets. You're jumping. You're growing and you're shrinking. That's what I want out of life. Like if I invented yeah. this land as a 10-year-old, that's what I would have wanted. And so – uh, th- that was just joyous to me. Yeah, there's you know well, well there are like ride there there are the things that are like clearly set up as like games and then like other attractions and and the, and the rides, but like with the exception of like the meet and greets and the um the Toadstool Cafe, everything else is has a game component. Like everything has a part of it that you are playing in addition to just like experiencing. Um, which like, you know, it's a, it's Nintendo. So like that's, but Mark, do you know if there's a, a, a like interactive or like game component to the Yoshi dark ride? Um, I don't in, think in there Japan? is. That's I don't think there is. Yeah. It's not like a Buzz Lightyear or something where yeah, you're like sure. trying, I think it's a passive experience. Okay. Um, well, no passive experiences at, uh, Universal Hollywood. Yeah. I, you know, I think that for me was, uh, I had a ton of fun. And I think it really was that, uh, and it makes complete sense for a Nintendo land that there is such an immense sense of play mm-hmm. yeah. in Super Nintendo World. Like um, the, because, you know, Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars land at Disneyland, I think is really impressive. Like, you know, you visit it and you're like, whoa, this is, this was a lot of work and is very cool and is like very intricate. But I don't really have fun at Galaxy's Edge. Like, well, I'm not yeah. like, you know, like, I'm not, that, that's not really what it's trying to do. I, you know, like, the goal of Galaxy's Edge is not to make you have fun. But I had fun at Super Nintendo World. Like, I genuinely enjoyed, I think one of the things that was super, really, really successful about it that I had so much fun with is the, like, the key thing. Like, the little activities you would do to get keys. They weren't all, like, super interesting or fun but the ones that we could do together mm-hmm. as a group the team key games i thought that were, was so much fun to be able let's, to like let's, do you want to talk about like each of the the key games individually or? yeah, yeah. I just, but i just want yeah. to say about it that it's like the what i thought was so much fun about it is yeah like you go to theme parks and it's most of the time like a group experience with mm-hmm. the people that you're with and everything but being able to experience something within a theme park in this way yeah felt so unique yeah. and different and just like I it was just so joyful for me. Like mm-hmm. I that's the part of it that like I remember like the ride is cool, the line is cool and like the land, the design of everything is like really neat. But being able to do that with your friends was like the highlight of the entire mm-hmm. experience. We don't hit yeah. those clocks to try to like keep 
keep the uh, piranha plant asleep or wake it yeah. up. I yeah. think it must be we're trying to keep it asleep. I'm sure so. we're trying to keep it asleep. <laughs> Let's, uh, we're talking about piranha plant nap mishap, um, mm-hmm. which was the, the first of the key games that we encountered. Um, and the park, when we walked in, was so empty, we approached it from the exit, didn't even realize. <laughs> um, which is actually, uh, maybe we touch on this now, um, there's very little language in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't like signs up that identify like, uh, this is like piranha plant nap mishap um, is, pr- you know, probably listed on the map and like it's on the, the map on your phone, but there's no signage above it I- identifying like that area as that. So we just like walked up to a crew member, um, uh, friendly crew member, fir- first, very friendly, mm-hmm. fir- first person we met was, was very friendly. Um, and we were like, oh, can we do this? And they're like, yeah, just scan your, your power band here. Um and the way the game works is there's, there's a giant piranha plant sort of like off to the side um, who is currently snoozing. And there are, what, maybe a dozen alarm clocks with giant uh, squishy buttons on top of them. Um, and when those alarm clocks start to go off, someone needs to slam the top of it with their fist to you know, snooze that alarm clock. Now, we played this thing together, so yes. there were four of us. We each had like three clocks that we were accountable for. And it meant that we got through it pretty quick. Like... Pretty yeah. effectively. I think that for one person, it could be challenging. I think it would almost be impossible with for one for person. For four people, <laughs> it was pretty We easy. all just manned our station. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We, really, yeah. we didn't yeah. really run around. <laughs> I was like, maybe if we blindfolded ourselves. Like, I think if we wanted, we'd have to level up the challenge right, somehow. Right, um, But yeah, it was really fun. It was so fun to play something co-op, especially right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and even, and it might have just been the... the wonderful attitude of the three people that I was with but even the discovery of um there's like the there are little m signs on the wall that are like secret marios that give you little uh 8-bit characters or you know what you punch and what you can't punch discovering that as a group was so great yes yeah no the 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 park like in addition to play there's a good sense of discovery which is like kind of built into the way like you play in Mario, right? Mm-hmm. Like finding secrets is always part of a Mario game. Um and I know I know this is a it's Super Nintendo world, but it felt like we were in Super Mario world, right? Like mm-hmm. Yeah, like there there is there any other like non Mario stuff? Pikmin. There's there, like, there are a couple of Pikmin. Yeah, there there's some hidden, I guess I'll say Pikmin. They're not they are actually uh pretty obvious but well, you have to we look, saw you have to we like saw look two for of them, them right uh-huh. two, two sets like two sets of pikmin right yeah what do you call what what's a group of pikmin <laughs> do they have a yes, uh, pikmin a bouquet, of, a bouquet pikmin? of pikmin i like Probably. that a lot <laughs> um so yeah that that was the uh, that was the first of the uh, the key games that we encountered uh the next one that we went to is the goomba crazy crank um which has got sort of that like rolling hills thing from um, I guess like the new Super Mario games and Super Mario 3D World as well, um, where it's just like a, a hill that is literally rolling, uh, and there's a crank that you turn, and a Goomba that walks on it. But I'll turn it to you two. What was the relationship between what was the crank controlling the, the hill or the yeah, Goomba? The hill. It okay. was the speed of the hill, and you were trying to crank it so fast that the Goomba like couldn't keep up and fell backwards. Okay. So okay. that's how when you, you were successful, if uh-huh. you did that, and if you turned the crank too slow, which we saw um, some people do, mostly at least one children, little kid, mostly children, uh, <laughs> then the Goomba is like doesn't fall down and you lose the game. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Ryan. I will say that compared to 
and I think we started off with probably one of the best games. I think the, so too. With the alarm clock, there was such a physical, um, practical component of you hit the alarm clock and it goes to sleep. This felt like I didn't realize anyone was going to lose this game <laughs> because it felt so rigged. Yes. Like you said, what are we even controlling? So we're 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 pumping, 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 and the little Goomba comes out, and his legs never touch the 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 hill. Right. Uh-huh. hill. They never, you never actually see a physical result of your ex- exertions. Right. It's just and there's no like resistance on the crank and there's no either. Re- exactly. Yeah. There's no resistance. There's no. So it 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 just it. I don't know. It felt like a a rigged game. But again, yeah. we saw someone lose, so so it's not. And I said really not... loudly, "No one loses." <laughs> right after that child loss, <laughs> yeah. But Oops. I didn't notice. Um, but yeah, I just there's something to the things that you are actually physically controlling that I think made for the more successful key game. It's yeah. just the, it's just the least tactile. I, I think the worst of the four key games. Yeah, because mm-hmm. and I think it's so. On the one hand, I like that you can be unsuccessful. Because that's just a part of like a video game, a game. right? Yeah. Um, what? But what? And we didn't lose any of them. But I think what would make it, and we never will. <laughs> but I think what would make it frustrating for somebody else, like if they cared, like the kid didn't care. He didn't yeah. really understand what was happening. He was turning right. the crank. The Goomba was there. Then it wasn't there. <laughs> like whatever, you know. But if you were, to, but I think the part that would be frustrating is that later in the day, those lines had to have been like at least 30 minutes to yeah. play this like 30 second game and then if you d- weren't successful and some like team members were better than others at explaining what you should be doing or mm-hmm. helping you out we did this third one the uh koopa troopa power punch which is there's a koopa troopa like marching back and forth at the um like a couple stories up and then there is a uh, like a pipe Mm-hmm. That it's like a T pipe, so that like it's it's pointed up, and then there are like two horizontal like entrances for uh-huh. the pipe, and a shell that bounces back and forth between them. And the goal is you have to hit a pow block, which triggers a, a second plow bo- pow block, which triggers a third. And the goal is to time that so it makes the shell in the middle bounce up and hit the Koopa. Right, exactly. And so like this one. We saw multiple people who just, like, who struggled with the timing. Yes. And then you're like, oh, now I have to... And the team member, like, and this one was bad. Like they, This is the most checked out. They didn't yeah. give, like... It, they, you know, even when, like, little kids would try and were missing it a couple of times. So you, had, you had multiple times to try to get the timing right before your turn was over. And, like, to me, it's just, like, tell the kid what to do. Totally. Like, help him out, you know? And they didn't at all. Yeah. And 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 then you're, like, oh, I lost. And my option is to stand in, like, a 30-minute line to try again. Like, that kind of stinks. Well, and it's, you know, it's triggered by hitting the pow block, right? And the pow block, like, all the rest of the blocks in in the park, um, you, like, actually hit with your fist. But because people have these power up bracelets and no one really like walks you through how to use them, a lot of people are trying to just like touch the power the the power band to the block, and that's not what you need to do. You need to actually like hit the thing with your fist. It requires a certain amount of force, um, and like if you're the crew member watching a kid like try and tap the thing with their power band, like. Why do you let that stand? This yeah. person did a bad job. Yeah, yeah they, this person was bad. And I also, and I know that it's a crowded park and you can't do this, but give the kid a second chance. Yeah, I feel give the same the way. A second chance. Like, yeah, give totally. him another chance. Like, yeah. it yeah. takes 15 extra seconds. <laughs> give the kid a second chance. 
Who, um, what, what, like, adult in line is going to be like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't get to go twice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, and it's, like, and the timing on it is specific, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, as we were getting closer, we're like, okay, let's watch this thing yeah. and, like, try to figure it out. And we gamed it to the point where, like, we were all able to do it right away. Right. Um, but, like, it is the most, like, skill-based, like, kind of tricky one to, mm-hmm. to accomplish. And both this and the uh, Goomba Crank thing um, were, uh, s- like, single player at a time, yeah. right? Um, and that means that the line moves a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Um but it also means that, like, while your friends are doing it, you're, like, just kind of sitting there, um, like, cheering them on or whatever. Yeah. But or usually just taking videos of each other <laughs> <laughs> playing the games. Um, but, like, I, I thought that was a bummer about the the Goomba Crank that, like, you could have two Goomba Cranks, like, right next to each yeah, other. Yeah, totally. Like, make it go faster or, like, make it competitive in some mm-hmm. way. Like, who can knock the Goomba off first? Right. Um, but that's just not part of the DNA of those experiences. No, I feel like the whole place is built for such lower capacity. Yeah, totally. So it's like you should, as I'm picturing it, and like a little kid running over and doing the alarm clock game, and then running over doing the crank game, and then running over and doing. But there's no running over to do anything. No, not now. Not right now. Yeah. So I think there will come a time. Yeah. When although like. I don't know, like Harry Potter, like if you're in uh, the Hogwarts area now, like you, it's still like crowded, right? It's still like, crowded, but I, I think you're right that eventually they definitely didn't build like the church for Easter Sunday. Like Super right? Nintendo yeah. World yeah. is built not for opening day crowds. It's built for like yes. five years from now mm-hmm. when, you know, something else new has opened. And it's because like now you can go to Harry- classic video games isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that like that like the first day, like the. T- tax on the servers is too much. That's right. Um, it's exactly what this is, but in uh, theme park form. Yeah, because yes, I like that day. I think would be uh, that'll be the idea. Five years from now is the <laughs> ideal time to visit Super Nintendo World. I right. think then you don't need to go early. Yeah, <laughs> you'll still need a power band. You yes. will still need the power band, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you can use the one that you bought five years previously. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so those are the the first three uh, key games that we did. The last one that we did, which we sort of loop back around to at the end of our time, uh, there is called Thwomp Panel Panic, um, which is in a cave like under a thwomp that's like uh, hitting it, uh, and it's a like a touch a giant touch screen experience where um, you have to get all of the panels the same color, so they're yellow and blue. <laughs> yeah, Mark. I know, this was just another one where like <laughs> we played it in a group. Group of four. We played all four, and it was a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake yeah. because it was too easy. Because we were we could cover the entire board, and so I think I had to press like three. <laughs> yeah. In order, right. you know, we saw somebody before us try to do it with one person, yeah. and they were not successful. Yeah. Because it it would be hard with yes. one person. I think feel like two would probably be like the optimal amount. Yeah. We should have done two. <laughs> we should have done two at a time. Uh, but it was also like late enough in the day that like I didn't want to fail at something. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that one, but that one has the potential to be fun. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I liked that line experience too, like because it goes into this cave, and I don't know when, whenever. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second in the uh, uh, Bowser's Challenge thing, but like some of the line experiences here are actually quite cool when, uh-huh. they're, when they when they're actually like there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would we like to – oh, or should we talk about uh, the Bowser Jr. Shadow Showdown, the reward that you get for the uh, for collecting keys? Yeah. Um, so it's very, like – it feels 
like gatekeepy or restrictive or whatever, but there's a dude standing guard at the entrance to this yeah. thing, and he won't let you in unless you've collected three keys from these key games, right? And you have to scan your thing, and then he lets you in. Um, and then you're in like Bowser Jr.'s little mini castle next to the the main castle, um, and it's got some of like just like the art, the line in here, which. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine anyone ever having to wait in. No, we were, so we were really fortunate. We did not wait at all, but just like everything else in the land, Bowser's challenge, this Bowser's junior show, shadow showdown does get a line. It does get a line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, well then it, it's, it's cool that they have like all this like neat art and stuff in there. That's like part of the line experience. Um, but then when you get into it, it's how many player positions were there? Like eight, eight or, or something like something that. Something like that. Um, and it kind of becomes this like, uh, Xbox Connect slash like Nick Arcade kind of experience where um, you know there's a camera reading you and projecting your shadow up onto the wall uh, and Bowser Jr. attacks and like Ryan was saying you can like swat away bob-ombs as they're flying at you you can duck under bullet bills you can get fire flowers and throw fireballs at that enemies and, and try and beat uh, uh, Bowser Jr. Um, Ryan, you won this one, and it was your favorite. It was my favorite. Those two things may be related. <laughs> if I'm honest about who I am as a person, mm-hmm. those two things may be But this was, like I said, if I invented, because I was thinking about it on the way over here, if I at 10 invented a, Mar- a in-person Mario game, this is what it would be. It probably would have been a, like a, a side-scroller, so I'd be actually like jumping over things and yeah. running. Um, less standing, more running, but this is, this is exactly what I w- dream of from a Mario world. Yeah. You're, you're getting to be Mario. Right. You're in the game. You're in the game. Yeah. And you take a hit and your little dude shrinks down. I got so excited. I punched so hard that my power band went That's flying right. off, <laughs> hit the wall and they had to, we had to, a crew member had to go get it for us. My power band also flew off during this thing. <laughs> Were it you able intense. to hang on to yours? I, I, but it almost flopped. My recommendation would be to like bring a rubber band or a hair tie or something yeah. Yeah. to like secure your power up band because they, they do not wrap around your wrist very securely. They yeah. like fly off all the time. Well, they're a one size, which I think yeah. that's part of it. Which is smart. They're trying. They're it's like the slap bracelet material. Yeah. So it can fit anyone from a little kid to an adult, but it yeah it doesn't fit securely. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So Ryan's. Uh, went flying Shroom. into the game, <laughs> and we had to say, "Um, excuse me, excuse me, can, well, can, can someone $40? climb over there and get it?" Yeah, no, but and also you needed it, <laughs> and it has to happen all the time. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it simply must. But so yeah, we had to like wait outside while they were like, "You have to leave, and then we'll get it." Which is dumb. Why didn't they just like climb over there and I get don't it? No, they just had to hop over the thing. But... Just had to hop over the thing. I would have hopped over the thing if they had said, "Go for it." Yeah. Uh, so but no, I. I really liked that one, and I think. Yeah, I go. I think, I think I have to, and we did at the beginning of this. You just have to say you need a power up band. Yeah, you just need one, and then because otherwise I can. But I can imagine if I, if you were, I mean, if you were a kid and your mom took you to Universal and didn't want to spend the extra forty dollars. You'd really be missing out on such a cool experience. Like it, yes. it really is the experience of the land. You need it. Yeah, Which, I do feel like that's like the the tension. I guess mm-hmm. I would say in like my recommendation. Yes, is that uh, I I I personally genuinely think, especially if you 
didn't have a power up band and you know like you weren't particularly like you hadn't done a lot of reading you weren't you didn't know what it was like i think you i think you could go and have a fine time but it it and it i like the idea that by earning keys there is actually this reward that is gated i think it feels very like game like like i like that sense of accomplishment and doing it and all that kind of stuff i think that's very cool and I think there are parts in theme parks, like there's stuff in Galaxy's Edge I've never seen. I've never built a lightsaber because, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to spend the hundred dollars or whatever it is. So where are you going to put a like... lightsaber? <laughs> We're going to carry it all day. I mean, um, there's, I mean, like in your home though. Like, I, it... I have a, I have a droid. <laughs> yeah, so... well, a droid is different though, because like a, a droid or even like a sword. This is a weird hangup that I have, but like <laughs> if you buy a lightsaber. And you display it somewhere in your house because if you're not going to do that, why do, why, yeah, why buy it? it? Do you display it with the blade, or do you or display just the, just the hilt? And if you display it with the blade, like there's no way, like in the fiction of Star Wars, they don't the just bl- like leave lightsabers yeah. on. No, you have to do it with the hilt. You have to do just the hilt. Yeah, you have to imagine that you lived in that world and how you would store it. That's what I think too. And at that point, it's such like a small object. <laughs> I don't know. It uh, it it it's uh, I. I have also like thought like man it'd be fun someday to just like really splurge and like get a, build a lightsaber, um, but I'm like what then then what do I do then I just like hide it under the couch or like put it in storage yeah yeah, but I think that is kind of <laughs> but I think that is the uh, uh, so like I think it I I don't know I don't think it's a bad thing that this that the Bowser Junior experience is um, uh, like behind not just a pay gate mm-hmm. but like additionally like having the time or the opportunity to do all the different activities yeah um but and, and the ability to do them and too. the ability like, there's uh it's not a super accessible area right like if uh if you have trouble with like the that crank i mean we were saying that like kids had uh, routinely failed at these things but like if you had any kind of mobility issues i think that crank game would be hard mm-hmm. the uh um the sleepy piranha plant thing would be uh, difficult. You can do that one as a team, so maybe like that's a little bit easier. But then even when you get into the uh, Bowser Jr. Shadow Showdown, there's like jumping and stuff yeah. involved. Um, so like, you know, it's not it's not like a. I, I think there are some more like limitations on this that like Galaxy's Edge doesn't have. Yeah, I guess my yeah, absolutely. That's completely true. I guess what I'm saying is, like, it's kind of a bummer that the this is, like, really cool and is one of the few, like, yes. attractions. Mm-hmm. And that it's not just, like, gated by having to pay the 40 bucks. It's also gated by having the time you and the to opportunity do chores, yeah. to do all the other things, which are, like, reasonable degrees of fun. But, like, waiting, you know, 45 minutes to turn the crank, I don't think would be that fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- I... I think that's the tension in the whole thing is it's, totally. it's like it it wants to gamify, but that's the downside of gamification, right? Mm-hmm. Is that sometimes you lose and sometimes you're not able to participate in it. And um, it, uh, I think our experience was that it was done really successfully, but I could see why that would be really frustrating for somebody. I do think the fact that they have the four keys and you only need three to mm-hmm. move forward is probably very helpful for kids who maybe have trouble with one or two of the yeah that's true i think for us it just meant we had an extra key ready for next time (laughs) which is is nice we still have the key oh it we do okay Mm -hmm. it does persist i wasn't sure we keep our key we keep our keys we keep our coins but but i i like the three again our stamps 
in five years uh-huh. when nobody's there and you can buy someone with old power up band for five dollars on <laughs> craigslist this will be the best place to go yeah absolutely like, that's great what, experience. A, what a great point that like you will absolutely be able to buy used power up bands of course but do you think when you pair it with a new app that it like Ooh. erases? Well, yeah, but who cares? But then it's oh, you, you mean if it like renders it useless? Not renders it useless. I just mean like oh, you can't. I mean, you're right. It won't matter. But you can't like. W- I wonder if you scan it, you lose all the coins and everything that's like associated. Yes. With yeah, it. or if it won't let like a second, if the band be like registered a second time. I feel like it must. You must be able to register it a second time. You just probably can't like have multiple registrations at once. Yeah, time. that's that's probably true. Um. Yeah, it's all it's all just like the the there are like those uh, trade offs with the with the gamification of all of it. Um, should we talk about Bowser's challenge? Yes. Are we there now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so the uh, line experience for this uh, is incredible. It's so cool. Yeah, um, it's really cool because it starts in a very like uh, Yoshi's Island sort of like cave thing where like the things on the wall look like hand-drawn with crayon flowers, like a la Yoshi's Island. Um, and you, like, weave your way up into, um, s- like, Bowser Castle sort of imagery. There's a statue of Bowser that, like, the line snakes all the way around. Uh, and it feels very... it. I don't know. That felt like an immersive Mario experience to me. Yeah, the stuff... It is remarkable how well, like, they've rendered the yes. world mm-hmm. of Mario. And how, like, the... Uh, how fun it was for me to hear like Mario music in a like real world context mm-hmm. was like super fun. Yeah. I loved that part of it. And like, um, yeah. So you're like winding through and you're going through like Bowser's castle and they have all the different, uh, like, um, uh, like cups mm-hmm. from Mario Kart. Plus this like universal cup, which mm-hmm. is kind of like what you're racing for yep. in the game. They have this uh, interesting kind of like 3D effect. There are some like screens throughout the queue that are showing like different things like uh, like in, you know, like fire levels in Mario games, how like fireballs come out of the fire and then they drop down. Like you're seeing stuff like that. And they seem to use like the 3DS kind of like parallax yes. screen yeah. technology. So that, like, if you were looking at it at the right angle, it was, like, 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, And there were also, um, there's a part that's, like, almost a workshop kind mm-hmm. of area um, that, I mean, both times we weren't waiting in the line. So, like, we are kind of just, like, cruising through it. Um, but, like, had these little, like, wooden cutouts of, like, Mario characters and, like, Mario carts and, and, and stuff like that. That was just so cool yeah. that, like, I, I wonder... I'm sure just like every line experience when you're in it for two and a half hours that like it gets old, but like there's a lot of stuff to look at in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And then you go, you're like waiting in this waiting area where they show you how to play the game and everything. And they have all the different, they have like suits for the different Mario drivers Mm -hmm. and they all have like big bellies, which makes sense because, you know, they're like, uh, and the Luigi one has like the, um, uh, the poltergust. The poltergust down on the floor. Like, just all well, of those, these like, are, little details. These are all of the me amiibo costumes from Mario Kart 8. Oh. So, like, these are the ones that you can unlock for your me racer uh, by scanning an amiibo. So, it's like you've 
played with these you have the ability to play uh with, with with these suits and like here they are rendered in like real life on these like mannequins um it's all it's all very neat yeah that like that part is so much fun and then as like a theme park nerd one thing i thought was really interesting is that the like pre-ride video that you watch where they explain the game normally they're like narrated by somebody like oh thanks for coming to the laboratory today <laughs> right. hi, sure. I, hi i'm patrick warburg <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> but this like they it, it's not there's none of that so like the music's playing there's um uh there's like a lockatoo there's a lockatoo that's like watching and making like little lockatoo noises but otherwise there is no like narration mm-hmm. it's just all visual explaining like how to play the game which um makes total sense but was just interesting uh it's like a theme park convention but also not at the same time so let me ask both of you um from watching the opening video right that explained how to put on the uh, ar visor um how to like fire the shells how to drive the the or steer use the steering wheel did that prepare you for the actual experience of bowser's challenge well my score would say no (laughs) Um, no, I, I, a couple things. Yeah. The, the video emphasizes three things and I'm going to forget one of them. Steering, Mm -hmm. shooting. The third thing is get a hundred coins and win. And get a (laughs) hundred coins and win. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the three things and it repeats it like over and over. Steering, shooting, get a hundred coins. Steering is barely important. Steering is very I minimal. Was, yeah. The first time I went through there, I thought I was driving this cart. <laughs> I thought it was so important that I steered in the right direction, mm-hmm. that I didn't make us crash. I was so worried about steering. Steering, just, they'll tell you. It gets you, you coins. When, steering get you gets you coins. coins. Yeah. And they'll tell you when you to care about it. Yeah. You don't have to proactively care about steering. There are absolutely turns that the cart takes that you don't need to steer. No. Um, they're just, there will be like an arrow that appears in your like AR visor. Um, and at that point, that's when you steer right. left it, or right. Right. Um, so the over the uh, overemphasized steering to me. Yeah. Um, Start with shoot. Shoot. Shoot is very important. Mm-hmm. And shooting is so, at least for me, and, and maybe there are vr i just i don't play vr so i don't know but like that was a totally different aiming with your head was a total different kind of aiming than i'm used to it's shocking it to actually like be engaging with it because you're i mean do we we want to like talk about the well mark did did the video prepare you for i felt for like the experience yeah i felt like i i felt like i understood what i needed to do but just like i feel like it, Again, just like a video game, yes. being able to do it multiple times really helps. Because the first time, like, I think I knew the, ins- like, I understood the instructions, but I wasn't very good at it. You right. know, there was tons of friendly fire. I wasn't really, I don't think I had put my, uh, the strap to hook the a- AR visor into, like, low enough. And so, you know, like, my yeah. field of vision wasn't very good. Um, but uh, uh, it is... One of the complaints that I've seen online from from people who have watched like ride through videos of Bowser's Challenge, and I kind of felt like you expect a Mario Kart ride to like be fast or have a sense of speed. It does not feel and fast. It it's, like, doesn't go very fast. There are a couple points where it does, but usually it doesn't. But the uh, but the I thought the AR piece of it was pretty cool, mm-hmm. e- e- and like I thought it was like surprising. 
surprisingly good. And yeah, surprisingly successful. So after you get through this room where there's, uh, you know, the, the instructional video with the locket two, um, you get like a, a head strap thing that it has a, a tightening band. Uh, so you can like position it on your head. And once you get into the cart itself, you will snap this like AR visor into this thing that's already on your head. And there's no instructions for any of this. Like nobody's telling you, uh, you know, like how bad, where it should be on your head, like how best right. to adjust it, how really to put the AR visor in. I mean, it is like once you try it's to do it, in it's that pretty video, but like it's, it's, but none of the team members no, are yeah. like seemingly helping really. They're just yeah. kind of like put on your, like snap in the AR visor. Well, yeah. and it's a one size fits all visor. And I figured out, but if I was a kid, I don't think I would know how to figure out how to resize it to fit my head. No, I, both times I had to fit it onto Sarah's head. She couldn't do it on her own. <laughs> like, I, I had to help her both times. Um, but, yeah, and it is it is neat how, uh, like, easy the AR thing, like, mm-hmm. snaps onto yes. it. Um, there's very little friction with that, and there's no point where, like, it feels like you're going to break it right. or anything like that. Or that like it's going to come off or anything. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, so you, like, uh, you are now, like, uh, you in the cart, you've got this visor screen in front of you that you're able to see And you're through. in carts of four. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, you're kind of, like, on a team, essentially. Because the goal is if everybody in your car gets 100 coins from playing, then, like, your car beat Bowser. And that's the right. goal. And so you won the Universal Cup. And are you also competing against, like, the cart in the other lane, too? It wasn't clear th- to me. There, there are two tell. carts that are going through at the same time. Yeah, I, it wasn't. It honestly wasn't clear to me. It, it didn't really seem either. like there was much interaction with the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the so, other certainly cart. no. Like inter- you don't really see them until like the end. You're pulling up at the and you see like two different like scoreboards at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think for both of them, they say Mario wins if Mario if you win. Oh, right. so really? You're both Mario. Oh, so uh, yeah. See that I wasn't clear if it was like oh they could have Cause lost we, and we could have yeah. won. You're on Team Mario. Uh-huh. Right? And it's Team Mario versus Team Bowser. Oh, I see what you're saying. But it's possible for, yes. like, one car to lose and I one car to win. Yes. I, I think see. that is true. But I think when you win, you're... Everybody's Team Mario. Everybody's Team Mario. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Which is tough because, you know, Mark, you were Yoshi. I was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is one thing. So you... Uh, um, in order to keep track of your score, if you have a power-up band, you... Um, uh, scan or you put your like uh, power up band next to in the middle of the steering wheel there's a big uh m for mm-hmm. mario which is the symbol of like hey use your power up band here couldn't use it to honk a horn though couldn't use it to honk a horn real really disappointing um for true Mar- mario kart 8 fans mm-hmm. but uh you put your band up to it and the first time we did it like there's no feedback which mm-hmm. feels like a little like panic inducing where you're like oh yeah. did my did my band get scanned? Like, am I going to get the points and the coins for this or whatever? Well, and I don't think Ryan scanned the second time. I think your band didn't scan the second time we did. No, because I have the I have the cup. Oh, you do have the cup. Okay. I have the cup. All right, all right. But also, the the M seems to be like a sticker, like applique or something that is already already scraping I mean, off. Which just That's feels to me good. like the difference between a U.S. audience and like a Japanese audience. They probably rolled this out in Japan, and those M's are still like pristine because everyone's treating it really respectfully. Right, everyone's <laughs> bowing to it. Yeah. Whereas like here, every here, people are just like smack, smack, smack. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So the but. The experience itself is, you know, you're on this on this track and you are seeing through the AR visor um, uh, fellow members of Team Mario uh, and the members of Team Bowser, which are all the Koopa kids, 
uh, and then like various other enemies and power-ups and stuff like that within the world. Everything else is a physical object, but anything else that like moves on the track is, I guess with, with some exceptions, uh, but is uh, just like a digital projection on your personal screen. Yeah, it's a cool mix between like physical sets and animatronics yeah. and then things that are happening in the AR and the two combined to make this pretty cool world. And like Ryan was saying, it does take some getting used to because the way that you aim like where your shells are going to go and everybody's assigned a different shell color. And the way uh, you know it's, the way you aim it is by where you're looking so even like if you're looking up versus looking more down or like left and right and that takes a little bit of getting used to it's also kind of cool that it is like mario kart in that you only occasionally get these item blocks right that have so you can't run out of yeah. shells like oh, there I are did. times where you're like <laughs> oh, yeah i always yeah. did yeah you have to like kind of you can't just like shoot willy-nilly mm -hmm. and you also i think it like negative coins for friendly fire so if you I hit members so, of team yeah. mario um yeah i mean i accidentally shot yoshi a couple times like <laughs> for sure because he get in the way and he's green and you know like i don't know um but yeah it, it's cool like it presents like a couple different like sort of uh mario biomes right like uh you're up in the clouds at one point there's definitely a bowser castle part of it there's a luigi luigi's mansion thing like king mm -hmm. boo is in there you got to shoot him with shells um but like the best part of this ride is the end of it the rainbow road yeah you get a yeah, star so and so you're like in, you're going fast you're invincible and you have unlimited shells at this point yes. right? i think because so yeah that's like what the star does mm -hmm. and it's just all of your teammates disappear and it's just the koopa kids mm -hmm. and you can just blast the heck out of them and it's bowser's really like flying around mm -hmm. it is it was i think it is a very very fun ride yeah and the the uh like the lights and there's like a blowing air thing that's mm -hmm. happening there too, which makes it feel faster than it actually is. Um, but like that's, you know, it, it's that sort of like 4D experience where they're like throwing something at you. Um, and because it's Universal, Universal loves to like get you just a little bit wet, you know, like just <laughs> squirt a little bit of water on you. Like the Simpsons ride like squirts water at you all the time. So does the Harry Potter ride. Um no water being squirted at you. Yeah, that's right. That is interesting. In fact, I don't think we got squirted with water at anything in Super Nintendo World, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really liked Bowser's Challenge. I thought it was a lot of fun. I um uh I'm actually kind of like surprised at how successful it is as a game because other yes. uh on the one hand, if you're describing it to somebody, it's like Maybe it's not that different from, like, a Buzz Lightyear ride or, like, the Toy Story Mania ride at Disneyland and California Adventure. But for whatever reason, it feels more like a game mm -hmm. than I think those other ones do. I think it's the limited number of shells. I think it's the fact that your score, the coins that you earn in that carry over to, like, your profile because um, mm -hmm. you synced up your uh, power-up band and then you that is your profile on your phone. Like, it feels weighty. It feels like you've actually done something instead of you know like you get a high score in the buzz lightyear thing and you're like okay well that's it Yeah, you can yeah. lose the fact that the first time yeah. we played we yes. lost yeah was also kind of like i mean it was still a fun experience but you're like oh like i want to do that again because right. i think i can do it better mm -hmm. yep um well and like beyond i think i can do it better there are um there's like a whole page of stamps that are just for the mario kart bowser's challenge um and there are like different things you know where it's like uh 
hit all of the Koopa kids and Bowser with shells in, in one run, uh, hit Bowser with this many shells, you know, whatever. But there are also like stamps in there that like we would click on them to see what triggers them. And it'd be like, hit the secret block, you know, uh, in the, in the cloud section. You're like secret block. You know, like there are, there are secrets. There are things to discover on that ride. There are things to discover on that ride. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's it makes me want to like go back and do it over and over again until mm-hmm. we find all those secrets. Yes, absolutely. I, and it also it feels in the same way that in a meta way all of Super Nintendo World feels this way. It it does feel like the next generation of these kinds of interactive absolutely. games. Yeah, because it makes honestly Buzz Lightyear seem janky. Uh-huh. It seems mm-hmm. like a carnival ride, like. Yeah, they they stop you and you're not moving and then you shoot things. Oh, cool. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. this is I'm moving in my car. My car's spinning around and I'm using my AR and there's things coming in and out of my sight and yep. like it's it's the next generation. It's great. Do you so th- there's a lot of like animatronics in the the Super Nintendo world, but there's also a fair amount of, you know, technology, right? The, these AR screens here. Um the uh, when we get into the Toad Cafe, uh, like that's everything that happens in there is like screen based, mm-hmm. right? All the characters that you interact with, all the stuff that like attractions in there are sc- screen based. Are you worried that there's like a part of because like part of what makes that like Midway Mania yeah. uh, look kind of janky now is that like the technology is just like getting older mm-hmm. um, and like you can see the seams in it. Will we get to that same sort of place with? super nintendo world where it'll be like oh these screens aren't as like sharp as they need to be or is like is it protected a little bit by like the nintendo aesthetic i think any sort of like theme park park experience has to get over that like honestly it's like 20 or 30 year hump where it goes from being like janky to being a classic where Mm -hmm. you're like oh like they can't touch this but a universal things usually don't last that long so i'm really interested to see uh you know, like Disney has that legacy of um, they keep a lot of stuff for a very long time and rarely do they, you know, rip out something old to replace it with something new. Um, whereas Universal does not have that kind of, you know, they like don't have nostalgia. That no, yeah. they don't at all. And so it will be really interesting to see how it evolves yeah. in the future. Um, I just like I, I think about how. Uh, and I, for me, one of the like easy comps uh, for the Mario Kart ride is uh, Smuggler's Run at mm-hmm. um, Disney as uh, in Galaxy's Edge because that is also like a game, right? Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. if, for people who aren't familiar, yeah. it's like the Millennium Falcon ride. So yeah. a group of six people go get into the Millennium Falcon, and everybody's assigned a role. Two people are like the pilots, two people are the gunners, and two people are engineers, and it's like a, it's like a simulator ride. But how, what, like, how the pilots are doing, like, if they're crashing into stuff or if the engineers are not pushing the buttons at the right time, affects your experience. Yeah, a, a, a little to bit. To a degree. And, like, at the end, you're awarded a certain number of credits. Um, but, like, those credits don't go on your data pad thing. Like, it, that experience is isolated to just the experience itself, which is, I think, one of the ways that uh, the Mario Kart ride is better. But also, like... The screens in Smuggler's Run are already starting to feel old. Like, they're already starting to feel, like, faded. And, like, I don't know if the, like, AR visors are, like, protected against that in some way um, or what. I just I just don't want it to feel old, even though I know at some point it will. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Does 
Super Mario Brothers feel old. Like, I, I think point. it's okay for it to stay where it is in time. Yeah. Yeah. Smuggler's Run is a weird one because I think, and I know this is not a, a Galaxy's Edge podcast, but, like, I think they were It's try- a useful reference they point, They were though. trying to create something that people of all ages and skill sets could, could do, mm-hmm. and nobody would feel like a loser. This game is a real game. This Mario <laughs> you can lose. Yeah, yeah. There are stakes, and there is skill to it. And it's a skill, I think, that even little kids, I'm sure there were little kids who won yeah. got their 100 points or their 100 coins. But, like, it, it, is a, it is a game that you're actually, it's, there's a skill to it. There's, it's a game. Whereas yeah. Smuggler's Run doesn't feel like. No. I wanted it to be. Uh-huh. When I had heard about it and hadn't totally. played it before, yeah. I thought it might be. But it's, I mean, half of it is button mashing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, actually, most of it is button yeah. mashing. Like, unless even, you're the pilot. Unless yeah. you're the pilot. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I wonder if uh, the success of it as a game does so much to override, uh, you know, obviously we saw the thing brand new. Yeah. Um, but, like, that we were wowed by the technology. Um, and, like, I didn't bother to, like, pick holes in the way it looked because I was just having fun. Yeah, totally. And so maybe that's the difference. And I, I think you're right. I think Smuggler's Run is a really good, that Millennium Falcon ride, like, is a really good, um, like, analog because I think they are they were trying to accomplish very similar things where yes. it's like, you're a score and you want to go again to try to do better. I am a really big Star Wars fan. I love the idea of Smuggler's Run. I really don't like that ride. Like, yeah, I don't the think execution isn't good. I don't think it's very fun. The lobby is better. Is the best part. Yes. Yeah. When you're for hanging sure. out in the Millennium Falcon, uh-huh. that is the best part of the yeah. Ride. Yeah. Totally. And so it's interesting to see these two different executions, kind of like the, um, that same core idea, like trying to uh, achieve the same goal, seemingly. And like Bowser's challenge is so much more fun. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'll take a Mario game over a Star Wars game any day, you know? <laughs> Just true. Any, any, any day. Um, okay, uh, are we going to move on now to the Toadstool Cafe? Yeah, let's talk about Toadstool Cafe. Uh, first, meet and greets. Okay, we, we, we did one. Oh, we did, we did one. one, yeah. We we met uh, Princess Peach. The These characters, I got to say, strange to see them in physical <laughs> space. I feel like Mario and Luigi, who we didn't see, we left before, like, because uh, we had already been there for like five hours <laughs> by the time that they came, that they were scheduled yeah. to arrive. And so we left before. But based on the pictures, it seems like they're more successful because they're so much more cartoony. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. like Princess Peach was fine, but just like a little Uncanny Valley, especially because I didn't realize this, but she talks. Yes. And like her yeah. eyes like dart back and forth a little yeah, bit. Yeah, her eyes are screens. Uh-huh. Oh, are they screens? Is that well, what yeah, because like her oh, eyes were okay. able to like move around um, and like emote a, a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and her like mouth moved with like some preloaded uh, like peach uh-huh. uh, isms. Um, and so yeah, she spoke when people like walked up to take pictures with her. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, peach is a little uncanny valley, but still fun. And uh, her hair. The hair is, is is something, like, because it has so much, like, shape to it and mm-hmm. that, like, it's a cartoon design for hair, but you see it, re- like, rendered in 3D space with, like, actual fibers, and it's like, I don't know, it feels insane. <laughs> yeah, no, she looked wild. She looked wild. But we got, we got pictures with we her. We got pictures with her. 
I, I'm sh- people love a meet and greet. Yeah, yeah. I, it was interesting that there were two separate spaces for meet and greet in this very small. I mean, yes. for for a theme park land, a very small square footage amount of space. Yeah, that they had two gazebos for meet and greets. Set yeah, up. and the and Mario meet- and Luigi one is more like uh, it. It looks like a Mario level, and the Peach one is like a, a white and pink gazebo. Yeah, and it feels like, especially because we never saw them overlap. Right, right. Why would you do it this way? Why not just have one meet and greet place and have them take turns being at the yeah, meet and greet exactly place. what I especially when it. space is so limited. I've got to say though, I I would go back or I guess next I won't make a trip for it, but next time I'm there, like I would like to meet Mario and Luigi. Yeah. So would I. So would I. And I I desperately hope like if they bring Chunky Toad over here, bring Chunky Toad. <laughs> I would make a trip to see like uh like of the characters that are. Th- theoretically available like toad is the one that i want yeah. to get a picture taken with i mean they could get me back to the park tomorrow if wario's there <laughs> like, <laughs> I will, what, or like a bowser a bowser like, that'd be cool some big weird costume i uh-huh. think would be that'd be very fun fun to interact with yeah. um i the uh we took pictures with uh, peach early enough in the day that the and it was the only time that the sun was out um and the there's no like internal lighting in the gazebo, mm-hmm. so the only sun was coming from, or the only light was coming from the sun, which means that like half of us in the picture were in it sunlight. It made for some pretty weren't. awkward pictures because yeah. no matter where the photographer stood, their shadow was is in yeah. the photo because yes. it's like casting a really <laughs> yes. long stat- shadow. Uh, and it's also, I mean, again, just to keep going back to uh, comparing it to Galaxy's Edge, when you get pictures taken at Galaxy's Edge, uh, they're doing like. Uh, you know, augmented reality stuff there, and they're putting a porg on your arm, or yeah. like there's an X-wing flying overhead, or whatever. And this, and you know, they send those pictures to you, and you're paying to access them, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but this, they just like, there's a dude there to take your phone and take pictures yeah. with your phone. I will say that's something that just Disney has down. Absolutely, they, you don't, a cast member doesn't take a bad picture of you at Disney. True, you take bad pictures of each other. Right, but like. There are bad angles at Disney, but the cast members know the good angles. Yeah, and, ab- absolutely. And sometimes, like you said, they have cool AR porgs and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, the you, the guy that was out here with Peach. Yeah, the guy that was out here with Peach was a Peach handler first and a yes. uh, a photographer second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more about the meat than it was about the photo. I absolutely. Think. Yeah. And yeah. I think for us. We were really about the photo. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I mean, we waited in that line so that we could stand near a person no. in a peach costume. I mean, no. we also wanted to scan that thing and get the, the oh, we peach wanted to get stand. stand. We wanted the stand. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. Now, Toadstool Cafe? Yes. The Odyssey of the Forks. Okay. So, Toadstool Cafe, uh, Mark, you and Sarah got us like a, a, a time to check in. Yeah. So if you're if you're going soon, my recommendation is again we were we got into the land early, and when we first got there, the the cafe was open. You could just kind of like go in to order, but pretty quickly uh, they started accumulating like a queue. So about maybe eight eight thirty at the latest. Instead of having you just like wait in line for the Toadstool Cafe they started giving, handing out return time. So you would go to somebody at the front of the cafe and they would give you a little slip of paper that uh, from what I understood and what worked for us is like one slip of paper covered your entire party. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it had like a return time. So ours was between nine and nine fifteen. But we still, when we returned, had to like wait in a line to get in before they looked at our ticket. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it still worked out, but it was it was definitely one of those moments where. Uh, you don't have faith, or I didn't have faith in the people management, and it, I think it was luck that it worked out. You had to do a lot of like asking, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you had to be proactive, and and this was true. I think of a lot of the land of just like, am I in the right place? What line should like? Yes. What is this line for? Because you the know, downside like, of there being no language anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of you know, like some of us would stand in a line to hedge our bets, and then somebody else would go and actually like ask, you know, right. what are we in line for <laughs> to make sure that we were in the right place. Um, but yeah, so my recommendation would be, especially if you're there early would be to get like a return time and it may mm-hmm. not be your optimal time to eat lunch, but the toad stool cafe, our experience was that it was like very slow operationally, like very slow moving. And so take the opportunity where you can, to do it if it's an important part of your visit because there's no guarantee you're going to get in. Yeah, and it was our longest line. It was, for sig- sure. By a significant margin. And the line quadrupled. When we left, it was, it was it was ins- truly not snaking around. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was... Yeah, it was it was taking up a lot of space, um, and once you get in, so there's like a there's like a nice little antechamber right when you come in that has a very like Toad House from uh, New Super Mario uh, Brothers feel. Um, you can scan your power up band to get you know either like the big present or the little present, and there are power ups in there. Um, and the power ups are really just good for stamps, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sarah got the leaf power up in there, so she's got that stamp, and I didn't. Uh, uh, Mark, you and I got one ups, I think, and Ryan got, I got coins. Some coins, yeah. Um, which, like, it's cool that there's like yeah. a, a little thing in there, um, but it's also weird because you're like standing in line to get food, and you're like, well, I want to just like keep going, and right. people are coming in behind you and like going past you because they didn't want to get the- whatever. Um, but so we uh, stand in kind of a slow line to um, to uh, order our food, um, and. You know, it's just that, like like Mark said, like the whole thing is just like you need to be like uh, aggressive about like representing yourself and your interests in these things to make sure that like uh, you're uh, you're getting in line, you're getting a table, uh, and then eventually getting silverware, which was a whole <laughs> odyssey for us. Well, so the way that it's set up is yeah you yeah you go and you there's like a couple of queues and then there are like four or five registers. And a team member will direct you to, like, a line to stand in. And um, it's important that your whole party be there. It's really The group diff- ahead of us did not have their whole party. Yeah, yeah. and they kind of had to, like, wait until everybody could get there. It's not one of those things where you're going to be able to uh, uh, just, like, order four people and have them meet right, you there. Right, right. Um, and there's it, all and the, there's no like ordering on an app or anything like that no. either. Right, like, it, it's all it's all meat space. And stuff. the seat the seating is all inside, and uh, and there's a person who will seat you. Um, but you order at this counter, and we, for the most part, ordered everything on we, the menu. Yeah, we really I think, did. Like we left off the kid things on the kids menu, and I think there was like. A there was a burger that we didn't yeah. get. That we didn't get. I can run through the list of what we got. Okay, cool. Um, so we got the toadstool cheesy garlic knots. We got the super mushroom soup and the tomato mush or the tomato soup in the uh, super mushroom bowl. The piranha plant caprese. The Yoshi's favorite fruit and veggie salad. Luigi burger, which is a pesto grilled chicken thing. The fire flower spaghetti and meatballs. And then we got um, the 
uh, three superstar lemon squashes, which was the uh, like fancy soda drink that's sort of like a boba thing, uh, and then all three desserts: the question block tiramisu, the Mount Bean Pole cake, and the Princess Peach cupcake. And all of Toastville Cafe is like it's really cute, like it's Very done cute, really well, yes. and everything's like really well themed, like uh, Chef Toad. Chef so Toad, cute. Chef Toad, so cute. That's the that's the one merchandise I got. Other than my He's power best. up band was like a little Chef Toad uh, plush, and um, even like the the soda machines are in this like wood inlay yeah. where mm-hmm. the, you can see the Coke logos, but they're like seemingly like engraved into the wood and everything. Yeah, which is the same sort of stuff that they do in like Harry Potter too. But like it, uh-huh. it's just cool to see it applied. And you here. have you have like you know like full size. Uh, uh, fire flowers yeah. and you yep. know like on the wall and like power-ups like that sort of thing and then after you order after you order at the counter they get you your drinks and um, are supposed to give you your silverware don't leave without silverware that was a we will mistake. be harping on this <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the episode by the way and then uh to your left is like the entrance to the seating area which is really like pretty large mm-hmm. and uh and shockingly empty while we were there considering the line yeah they really slowed you down before seating you yeah i would say operationally the restaurant was pretty inefficient yeah and maybe it's just opening i'd say washed i'd say like it it was broken it was pretty bad (laughs) yeah um like operationally and but yeah so you you get from that point like somebody will direct you to a table and when you order you're given a little device that you set on your table and that's how they like know where you're sitting and to bring your food to you there um and but inside are like uh you know a number of like windows in mm-hmm. air quotes that have TVs behind them. Some of them are showing like into the kitchen, so you see some toads Very like cute. whipping up a stew or working. There's like a an assembly line, all electric stovetops. All in the, yeah. in the <laughs> that's right, kitchen, yeah, yes. all electric stovetops. And then a few of these windows are like looking to the outside. And every, I would say maybe 15 or 20 minutes, this, like, uh, the the room takes on this ominous, like, purple and blue hue. Yes. And you see outside the window, like, an airship that is coming to, like, attack. And you attack. hear the airship music. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, like, uh, that's coming to attack this town. And, like, the toads stop working in the kitchen. They all run away. And then mm-hmm. bullet bills start flying. And little toads are running around. And then everything returns back to normal and then they go back to like playing leapfrog or uh-huh. uh, so cute. there there was one that like kind of looked in the window like he was <laughs> yeah. looking at us having lunch <laughs> and they're playing you know all mario themes from all yep. eras of mario in this really fun orchestration um and so that like that part of it like the atmosphere everything is really fun and the food looks really like cute yeah yes um yeah. let's talk food Okay, uh, so l- l- let's start with the drink, with the lemon... Uh, lemon squash. The lemon honey... Superstar lemon Superstar squash. Superstar lemon squash, which is a honey lemon soda with mango stars and assorted tropical bobas. This thing was sweet. Oh, and delicious. It was so sweet and delicious. It was very delicious. I feel like it... We drank ours so fast, We drank ours... We needed water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we needed water and we drank lemon squash, but... I really think this could be a good cocktail. Oh my god! A little rum in it, like I think it could be delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you get a, you probably get a headache in the morning, but it would be worth it. <laughs> I got a headache anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much sugar, um, but it, yeah, I, I love the little bobas. I love the little stars. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it was a it was fun. Yeah, it w- it was it was definitely a, a fun way to like start the start the meal, and then like a a thing to sip on for twenty minutes before our first set of food came to us. Uh, yeah, I feel like the presentation of everything is really fun. Like the soups come in these like mushroom bowls that yeah. look like power up mushrooms, and you you like, remove the head part of uh-huh. it, <laughs> so it's just like the little white bowl. And they had you know like little uh, the mushroom soup had three little crackers in yep. it that had mushrooms imprinted mm-hmm. on it. Um, your you got the Luigi like yep. chicken sandwich, and you know it has a mustache, mm-hmm. and and uh like the toothpick is it's a Luigi hat. A Luigi yeah. hat, like the present, and your Yoshi salad had these. Were they just was it just bread that looked like Yoshi eggs? No, or like oh yeah, yeah, they were cr- croutons, or croutons, croutons that were uh, shaped and colored like Yoshi eggs. Um, and it had some fruit, either like kiwi or pear or something, mm-hmm. cut into the shape of stars. Um, but I think the most visually impressive thing on non-dessert thing uh, on the menu is the uh, piranha plant caprese. Yeah. Um, because they use the like slices of tomato uh, and like little circles of mozzarella cheese to make it look like the piranha it's plant. It's really mm-hmm. fun. Like it's a really effective image. Um, and it was, I, it was just nice to have uh, so many vegetarian options on this menu in the form of both of those salads and both of the soups. Mm-hmm. The downside is it took us about an hour to get forks. Took us about an hour <laughs> to get forks. We asked multiple people. Yeah, to be clear, we got our food. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, 20 minutes in. Yeah. yeah. And then it was, a, yeah, another 40 minutes before <laughs> forks appeared. And it wasn't for a lack of, like, trying. Right. We des- On our part. <laughs> yeah. They they just genuinely, seem like, seemingly, they had no clean forks. Yes. And, um, and so... And plus, you know, it was not anybody's job to get us forks. And so, like, right. nobody everyone went... we stopped, we were adding something to their to do list. Exactly. And so, n- people did not feel, um, uh, th- nobody, at the, in the end, we ended up getting forks. And the people who brought it were, like, very kind. But we did stop a lot of people being like, could we get forks? And they'd be like, yes. And then we would never see them ever again. Right. Yep. And so, it was only after some pretty aggressive asking, going back up to the front and just like, seeing if somebody could get us forks, we learned that there literally were no clean forks in the restaurant. <laughs> we got knives. Yeah, like, we got knives, we got spoons. There were no forks. And just again, this is at a restaurant that doesn't serve breakfast at 9.40 a.m. That is a third full at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but eventually, eventually, uh, they we did get clean forks, and they were hot. They were hot forks. Yeah, they were, we so they had just they were gone hot through the uh, uh, the dishwasher. But I, I, so it was just like stuff like that. Again, like nobody was mean. Everybody, you know, was or most people were apologetic that they didn't have any forks. It just made for like a weird experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah a weird and long experience. And you know, we'd been running around for a couple hours before that, so like we were cool to like sit and hang out for a while. But yeah, it would have been nice to have forks when our <laughs> when our food hit the table. Um, how were your meals? I would say, as far as theme park food goes, it was pretty good. But I, did, but like, I wouldn't. I order. I got the uh, fire flower spaghetti and meatballs, and for whatever reason, it wasn't disgusting. It just like wasn't to my taste. Mm-hmm. I did like that. It maybe this is the fire flower part of it. It had like a spice to it, mm-hmm. like a little bit of a kick, which I don't really, I don't usually expect at theme parks because you know they're trying to make right. something that's palatable to everybody. But uh, um, yeah, it was it was better than most theme park food, but not good. 
Yeah, I would say I'm in the same camp. I had that pesto sand, pesto chicken sandwich, and it was tasty and good. I did have like more chicken than the sandwich, and then I wanted to eat the chicken, but I didn't have a fork. <laughs> so that was kind of a bummer. Right, right. But no, and they came with truffle fries that were very tru- – there was a ton of truffle powder on them. It's um, interesting how mushroom-forward this menu yes, is. Yes, very mushroom-forward. Because, like, I don't think of that as a, uh, like, a normal, like, a mainstream American flavor profile. So, well, like, and it's also, if you think about it too hard, it gets weird. Right, because you're like, am I eating these little people? Yeah, these little <laughs> people are serving me mushrooms. Right, right, right. These little toad people. Um, um, but, like, the Mario burger has mushrooms on it. Um, mm-hmm. The mushroom soup was one of the, the, the main uh, soups. The fries had truffle on them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's most of it. Oh, the uh, the tomato soup had, like, a slice of, yeah, a, slice of, of a mushroom, mushroom as, yeah. like, a garnish, like an edible garnish. Mm-hmm. But, like, still, it's just, like, mushroom, mushroom, mushroom. Yeah. And definitely presentation was better than I expect from any fast, uh, th- uh, yeah. theme park eating. Like, yeah. it looked Be- every plate looked i mean it was all instagrammable like yeah every, very deliberate yes every plate looked great uh which is actually a pretty good transition point for us talking about the desserts yes um because the desserts were they hit the table first right yeah. <laughs> yeah um and so we just had them like lined up in the center of the table for like an hour before right. we touched them um but uh, again just to recap it is the question block tiramisu the mount bean pole cake and the princess peach cupcake uh let's talk about the the question block tiramisu actually overall like blanket statement like how did you find these desserts uh did you like them was it worth having dessert to have these desserts they were all they all looked great they all looked great they were fine it was also 11 in the or 10 30 at this point and i just ate lunch I would not return for any of these desserts. Right. They all felt, Ryan, you pointed this out as we were eating them. They all felt like they were freezer case. Yes. They all tasted like they came out of a freezer case. So, which is fine, but they looked like something that would be fancy or high quality. And then the, the quality of the actual uh, texture didn't live up to it. But if I was like, if I had a niece and she wanted a glitter pup cupcake, I mean, it's cute. And yeah. it tastes like funfetti. And it like, tastes like funfetti. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, is was there uh, to you guys a, a clear like winner among these desserts? I think the tiramisu, and I'm sure I'm being pulled by how cool it looked. Yeah. I loved the way it looked. It looked so cool. The look is incredible because it's like four like cookie cracker, five, I guess, cookie cracker things making up the sides of a cube mm-hmm. that have like, you know, question marks drawn on them. Uh, and then just like the inside was the, the tiramisu itself. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I thought all of it was kind of like, oh, yeah, like this looked really cool and perfect for Instagram. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, none of it was terrible. But I didn't, you know, it was fun to eat there. I'm glad we ate there. I'm glad we tried all the different I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did, too. But, it, like, that, that is definitely when everything else feels like uh, the games are fun to play, the ride is fun to go on, the, uh, you know, it, it's fun to, like, collect stuff in the park. Uh, and then for the food to be, like, okay, fine, like, passable, good by theme park standards is, like, 
especially when the the challenge of getting in and getting your food and getting forks is so high that the reward feels low. Yeah. I will say that while we were waiting for the forks, I slipped out and went and used the bathroom. And the bathroom is like underwater Mario level themed. So you go in and it has like a big mural mm -hmm. that uh, uh, shows kind of like showcases a new Super Mario Brothers like underwater level motif. And then all of the tile and everything in the bathroom are various shades of blue. And then they're playing like the Mario underwater theme. Which is and hilarious. I like that very it's so much. Funny. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay. So that was our Toadstool Cafe and bathroom experience. Um, I guess the only other thing in the park that we, uh, I guess maybe there are a handful of things that just sort of like wrapping up. Um, but one up factory, the, uh, like merch store that's also serves as like the exit point for, uh, Bowser's challenge. Um, we spent a little bit of time in there. Um, but I think we all sort of like ran up against, uh, like the limitations of what Mark, you had mentioned before that like you wanted an excuse to go crazy. Yeah, I was and, like, ready. Buy something. I was like ready to spend money, but there really wasn't, I didn't end up getting like the chef toad, uh, stuffed animal but otherwise like there surprisingly there wasn't really anything that i was very excited to buy yeah i feel like everything that was sort of neat comes with like a, an asterisk right like um there was a mug that uh ryan you were checking out but like just a mario mug yeah uh if there was also a luigi mug then like that would be cute maybe we're talking um but no just the mario mug there are um, pint glasses in there for ver uh, various characters, and it's like a solid color with the character on it, but they're made of plastic. They're not made of glass. So, like, I don't know. I feel like there are so many things that were, like, close, but didn't quite get to the level of, like, oh, I want that or oh, I need that. Yeah, there's just surprisingly limited amount of merchandise, and the one-up store is really small really for small. being, like, the yeah. only store in uh, the land itself. And because it's the exit point for the ride... Um, it gets really crowded really easily, which is just kind of <laughs> like the theme of the entire yeah. land yeah. is just it's doing a lot in a really cramped space. And so when people are occupying it, everything just feels chaotic. Yeah. Um, let's see. The the other things, uh, Ryan sort of mentioned it, um, but there are the like secret Mario tap points uh, where usually we would find the 8-bit uh, the uh, Mario characters. Very cool to find these things. The first one I sort of did by accident. Mm -hmm. uh, we got like a little Princess Peach like 8-bit uh, that was just like I tapped the wall and there she was. Like, And I'm not sure how that was happening. Like was the whole wall a screen? It was just like a light behind it? It wasn't a projection. No, I think it was a light behind the A light wall. behind the wall, yeah. But it was cool. Yeah, it, was, it is cool. And we found four, I think. We found all of them, yeah. Oh, is that all of them? Yeah, oh, okay. Mario, Luigi, uh, Bowser, and uh, the princess. Because we also got the, there's uh, there are stamps for getting each one of them, and then a stamp for getting all four. Oh, okay. And we, I got that stamp. <laughs> um, the other uh, thing that uh, we haven't really talked about is the, uh, binoculars so there's like a, a lookout that you can go to that sort of like looks out over the um the the world uh and there are you know like in uh, uh like odyssey there are those like little binocular things that you can go up to and like see out through the rest of the world that's exactly what's happening here and it is also like an ar experience so um you're looking through these binoculars and you're seeing the the world out there but there's also like things flying around um and there are this is one that like kind of perplexed us a little bit, right? Because there's a stamp for like see Rosalina, uh, zoom in on Rosalina, 
using the binoculars. And to our eyes, there weren't there wasn't a place to like scan your right your yeah. power up band, but I got a stamp for using the binoculars. But I I didn't, so I, didn't I don't know either. if I like wasn't positioning my hands yeah, in the weird. right place or something like that. Also, there's also a stamp for seeing the Pikmin, right? And you did see the Pikmin in the right, and I didn't get it. Yeah, so but I don't know. How I don't know if I didn't work. like zoom in on it. Uh, right? I mean, it's it's one of those things where like. You just there's not always feedback for when you accomplish something until like you check your phone and be like oh I did that, um, and yeah that's what one place where like that was sort of lacking. It also goes to and both the Bowser's Challenge and this like upper area are not ADA accessible at mm- all. No, true. And there don't seem to be elevators or any easy way for someone with mobility issues to access these things yeah there were some doors up there that maybe went yeah. to, I, I don't know yeah um so it's but just, yeah no it's a good point. yeah so i i if you have mobility issues yeah i don't know yeah, how you experience it, it might that. be hard to to get the full use of the thing oh also and i i ended up fitting fine but the bowser's challenge ride yes. is not for big people right there's, the, a, there's, there's a waist l- limit of 40 inches. Um, 42 inches, right? I think it was 40 inches okay. when I read it. But um, maybe that was just my waist. Um, <laughs> and I fit fine. But if you're a bigger person, you're, I think you're just out of luck. Well, also the, the table. Oh, I apologize. You're right. It is 40 inches. The table at the Toadstool Cafe, like we, we were four adults and we fit. But it was a pretty like yeah, it was a pretty tight, yeah, it was pretty you know, tight. like uh snug fit. So yeah, also something to be aware of for sure. Uh but so that I think is the extent of our experience at Super Nintendo World. I think so too. And again, it was another one where like we didn't know where the exit was. Like we were like, okay, have we done everything? Okay, let's we're gonna leave. And I was like, actually I wanna go see what that like yeah, that's there's, funny. Yeah. there's one big green pipe here that I don't know what that is. And so we like walked over to it and we should do that before we leave. And we walked over to it. And I asked the woman that was standing in front of it, like, what, what is this? It's the exit. There, like, yeah, there's just not. There, Again, no signs. There's anywhere. no sign anywhere. Yeah. Um, well, and the entrance has a portal feel to it. Yes. Very funny. Let's talk about the entrance and how you get into the park here uh, an hour and a half into the <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Uh, but you know, you go in through a, a a pipe that like leads you into Peach's castle, um, and it is very cool as you're walking in because there are, you know like lights. You've probably seen video of this already, but like um, that like makes you feel like you are going into a, a, another little world. And then the exit is like you're exiting into an airport. It's <laughs> yeah, so yeah. industrial. It's like it's like you walk past the threshold of the entrance of the pipe, and they're like, "Yeah, it's over." Move yeah, on. definitely the uh, kind of like uh, limitation of space that that <laughs> Universal Studios Hollywood has yes. makes for an awkward entry and exit experience because you go. Uh, Universal Studios is on like two levels of a mountain. There's the entrance <laughs> to the park. It's yes. on like the top of a mountain, and then what they call the upper lot. And then there's the lower lot that you take three enormous escalators to Just get huge down. Huge escalators, like yeah. you're on these escalators for like eight, nine, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, because like, the, the elevation real. difference between the top and the bottom of this theme park, your ears will pop. <laughs> and so you go. So you're in the lower lot, and it is still really difficult to find the entrance to. Like it's not. Like, you would think that Super Nintendo World would have uh, 
that they would have signage or something directing you to it, but not really. No. It's yeah. like hidden behind what used to be like a Panda Express. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just got to aim. You you got to identify Transformers and Jurassic World and aim for right between. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a. It, uh, Coming out of Super Nintendo World, the aesthetics that you're bombarded with are, like you say, very industrial, right? Because, again, Transformers is right there and uh, Jurassic World, which is like, you know, very like high tech, very sleek. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's it's just a it's jarring to come out of something so like warm and green and friendly. And then like here's this cold gray uh, yeah. ride at Jurassic World. Um do we want to talk about like the rest of our day at, at Universal? We can just like uh, go go through the rest of these uh, quick. We did go on the Jurassic World. We did. I had uh, not ride. done it before. It was super fun. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a good. It's the best thing to come out of that franchise. <laughs> out of the Jurassic World franchise. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, out of <laughs> Jurassic Park. That piece of junk movie. Ryan, no, you don't mean that. I don't. I'm kidding. I love it. Um. Yeah. That that ride's great. Um. And then we got a beer at Moe's mm-hmm. and uh, went to the Waterworld stunt show. Well, we t- rode the mummy. Oh, we rode oh, the we mummy. Rode the I forgot mummy. about the mummy. And it broke and someone had a stomach problem. We think. Well, Did we have got evidence? Cleaned, we, we saw it getting cleaned up. Oh. So it could have been. I mean, there's only so many things. There are only so been. many problems you could have. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But we saw it get cleaned up. We didn't end up in the puke seats. We don't think. <laughs> well, no, we we clocked it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I although I assume every seat on that Probably ride at one point or another has been the puke seat, but uh, that mummy ride's good. Yeah, it's a fun ride. Um and uh got then we got a beer at Moe's yes. and then we went to the Waterworld stunt show, um which, which Sarah had never seen before. Oh, and if you are a beer that. drinker, I highly recommend having half a beer to, <laughs> to watch the Waterworld stunt it, show. It's perfect. It's, it's a great pairing. Yeah. Um. Although, Waterworld Sun Show, great. Uh, it was not weather to get wet by. No. It was cold. Yeah. I think Mark was nervous we were going to get wet. We were sitting behind, like, there were green benches for the mm-hmm. splash zone, and we were sitting at the first not green bench, and it's not like there's a magic wall <laughs> at any, you know, like, that first, that... It still it felt possible, but the section the, se- the section we were sitting in, I don't think got wet at all. No, for no, we just ha- so. we had like the nice guy. Uh huh. Right. There's like there are like three little hosts at the beginning of the show that do like a little watery clown show before um, the the stunts start. Um, and the dude in the middle middle section guy, he was getting his section as wet as possible. Yes. And then there is like uh, the sort of goof off on the uh, right side. That was uh, soaking his section, and then our guy was just nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he threw one bucket. I don't think he threw one bucket. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he even filled up his like water gun thing. No, that works for us. Um, I love that stunt show. It's so fun. I highly recommend it if you go to Universal. Um, there, I just. It's so cool to see jet skis uh, driving around with such precision. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's there's something about that that feels like magic to me. <laughs> and feels like it could be part of, look, if they want to brand that as part of Super Nintendo uh, World and make that a, uh, a, a wave, wave race, race. Uh, stunt show, I'd, I'd be all for it. <laughs> wave race, people are like getting set on fire, falling from high buildings. <laughs> they should put the Mariner in wave race. <laughs> uh, all right. That was our experience. At uh, Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood. Let's close this out.
Ryan Mogi. Yes. Thank you so much for joining yes, us. Yes. Thank you so at much. The park and here to talk Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. No, this has been great. Two great days with you guys. Wonderful days. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Well, um, I do a podcast called Same Day Shipping with Patrick um, and Kelly Nugent and Colin Morris. And um, we took a bit of a some little hiatuses in late 2022. Mm-hmm. But we're back dropping regular episodes. Every week. Every week. Uh, and we've got one coming out uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So. Um, uh, well, again, thank you so much for uh, coming on to talk about this. And uh, thank you to our 16-bit uh, patron, Connor McCabe. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. Ryan is... Armogi. Mm-hmm. And the uh, show is at Nincart Society. Also, join our Discord. Uh, if you aren't, haven't already, email us for... Uh, an invitation, we will send one to you. Email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apebetty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.